morning, everybody. It's great to see you in your post-Christmas attire. Here you are. The red and greens are gone, and we're back to our blacks and grays. <laughs> oh, man, the final Sunday of 2021. Uh, man, I, I just want to take a moment. We rarely do this here at our church on a staff level, but, um, you know, when you show up to Sundays, uh, you see Chris and Jason and Mark's usually up here, and me or Steve, um, but you, you all know this, but there are so many men and women on our staff who give their time and energy, and then so many volunteer leaders who sacrifice and give time and energy just to make things like this, our gatherings, happen. And uh, I showed up today, and I saw so many of our staff who I had seen just like 30 hours ago at 1 a.m. on Saturday morning, Christmas morning, as we wrapped up our 11 p.m. service and cleaned up in here. And they were all back here with their cups of coffee this morning and like bags under their eyes, but happy and smiling and excited. So can we just together give them a hand? Thank you guys so much. Yeah, so good, so good. And uh, thank you for doing that. I, we don't applaud them because they're doing this begrudgingly. Seriously, they were like smiles on their faces and, and such joy, but it is a sacrifice. So, so appreciate the team here. Um, maybe we've got some kiddos in the room as well. Hello, kids. So good to see you. Uh, I just want to ask the handful of kids in here, anybody, the Christmas lights are coming down, I know, and you're probably kind of sad because the Christmas lights are coming down. Uh, but remember, you guys, like even when there aren't Christmas lights 11 months out of the year, when the sky is clear on an evening, um, you can see the moon in the sky. Anybody like taking some time every now and then, stare up at the sky, at the, at the big, beautiful moon? Yeah, grown-ups and kids alike. Now, here's the thing. Grown-ups and kids, kids alike, here's what you need to know about the moon. When you look at the moon, like any time you look at the moon, did you know that you are looking at history? Did you know this? Let me explain. The moon is 180, uh, it's like 213,000 miles from the earth, something like that. It's over 200,000 miles from the earth. Light, like literally light, the light you see in this room, the light from the sun, the light from the moon, whatever it might be. Light is actually, it travels. Did you know this? This is where we get the, the phrase speed of light. The speed of light, the speed at which light travels is about 186,000 miles an hour. Really fast, really, really fast. Okay, but if you do the math, if the moon is over 200,000 miles away from the earth, away from where we are, and its light travels at 186,000 miles an hour, what does that mean? It means that when you look up at the sky on a clear evening, and you see the big, bright, beautiful moon shining up there, you are looking at history. You are looking at light that left the moon and reached your eyes 1.3 seconds ago. Did you know this? You have never seen the moon in real time. Did you know? Not once in your entire life, unless you are an astronaut and you've actually been to the moon. Anybody? Yeah, nobody, right? Okay. So... You have never seen the moon in real time. You are only peering into the past. Now, do the math. When you look up on a clear day and you see the sun shining down upon you, 
which you shouldn't do. Do not stare at the sun for very long. It's really bad for your eyes. But when you see the sun shining down upon you, did you know that you are actually looking eight and a half minutes into the past? The sun you see in the sky is not the sun as it is right now in this moment. The light left the sun and reaches your eyes eight and a half minutes before you ever see it. Um, let me show you another photo. This is a photo of a star called Proxima Centauri. And Proxima Centauri is the next closest star to us, other than the sun. In Proxima Centauri, this is the next closest star. Do you know when you look through a high-power telescope and you see Proxima Centauri in the sky, you are looking 4.3 years into the past. The light that reaches us from Proxima Centauri left the actual star 4.3 years ago. That's how far it is. If you were to look through a super high-powered telescope and you were to stare at the very center of the Milky Way, which is the galaxy that we are a part of, the Milky Way galaxy, this is wild, I can't even conceptualize it. You are actually looking at the Milky Way as it was 26,000 light years ago. This is light. Light crosses immense distances to get to us. We are all, in some ways, historians, whether we know it or not. We are constantly peering into the past, even when you just look at the moon. You are looking into the past. Now, I share this with you because on this day, December 26th, the final Sunday of the year, you and I, and especially for this coming week as we sort of wind down the year that has been, typically what happens for us around the end of the year, we become historians. We take some time to think back on the year that has been. We ponder the past. We ask the question, what happened this year? What did I learn? How did I change? How did I grow? How was I impacted, positively or negatively? What were the successes? What were the failures? What were the joys? What were the pains? What were the highs? What were the lows? What were the mountaintops? And what were the valleys? And what were the long plateaus in between? We all sort of have a tendency to become historians this time of year. And as we sort of peer into the past of the year that has been, for most of us, I think it's probably true that it's been sort of a mixed bag. 2021 has been hard, but it's also been joyful for some. We've lost much, but we've also gained. We've experienced grief and pain and hardship and confusion. Some of us have experienced joy and success. Regardless of what this past year has been like for you, I want to encourage you with a very simple thought today. Now, I know that not everybody who's here in the room, not everybody watching online would consider themselves a Christian. I know that not everyone would say, like, I'm here because I follow Jesus or I'm religious. It's probably most of us, but probably not all of us. And if that is you, first of all, if that is you, you're not a Christian, you're not religious, maybe you joined us for Christmas Eve and you kind of like the music. And you're like, oh, I'll go back. If that is you, we are thrilled you're here. We hope that this place eventually feels like home to you. Here's what you need to know. 
that for those in the room, for those watching online who are followers of Jesus, the invitation to peer into the past, the invitation to become a historian is an invitation to peer beyond just the year that has been. It's an invitation to think historically about more than just the last 365 days. Jesus himself actually asks us to remember not a year back, but 2,000 years into the, into the past. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the writer Paul, he says this about one of the last things Jesus did before he was arrested and crucified and eventually before he comes back to life in what we call resurrection. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in what? Remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in what? Remembrance of me. You and I, those of us who are followers of Jesus, we are invited to think historically about our lives, but not historically about our lives in the sense that the years that make up our individual lives, but to think historically about where our life lands in conjunction to something that Christ did for us 2,000 years ago. Just as we look back into history every time we look up at the moon or the sun or the stars, followers of Jesus are invited to look upon their lives and to remember that our lives are gifts from God when we realize that light has spanned 2,000 years of human history to get to us. Just as when you look up at the sun and you realize that that light crossed a distance so broad, so big, that it took that light 8.3 hours, was it hours, days, I forget, 8.3 minutes to get to you. Or when you look at the Milky Way galaxy and you realize that is 26,000 light years away, for followers of Jesus, the reality is that as dark as your life and as dark as the world may seem, there is a light that has crossed a chasm you and I cannot possibly imagine to shine light into our darkness. That's what you and I celebrated just 36 hours ago or whatever it was, right? At Christmas Eve services, for those of you who were there, we talked about the light of the world who has come. We sang this beautiful song, and I want you to know that that light had to cross a distance, it had to bridge a divide that you cannot imagine. And Jesus, the light of the world, does that work because he loves us, because he so deeply longs to be with us. In the 1.3 seconds that the light of the moon takes to get to us, or the 8.3 minutes that the light of the sun takes to get to us, or the 26,000 light years that the light of the center of the Milky Way galaxy takes to get to us. That stuff sounds so like inconceivably crazy and long and distant, but in reality, those things 
pale in comparison to the distance between a perfect and holy God and imperfect, sinful, broken people like us. And God crosses that divide. He bridges that chasm because of his love for us. And so in John chapter 8, when Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When Jesus says those words, I hope you and I this morning feel the weight of what it took for that light of the world to get to us. The chasm that he, he bridged, the distances he crossed, For what? For you. Why? Because that's how deeply and desperately he longs to love you and to be in relationship with you and to offer you hope and to offer you life, to offer you joy, to offer you peace, to offer you grace. And so when you look back on the year that has been, if the year especially has been full of loss and pain and grief, maybe even tragedy or confusion, if that is you, I would invite you today, peer back into the past a little further. Peer back and remember that Christ gave his life for you. That when you look back on the last 365 days, there are, there's all sorts of pain and all sorts of hurt that fill those 365 days. But if you would look back a little further to 2,000 years ago, when the light of the world came to earth to give his life so that we might have life, what we begin to realize is that that light travels the distance of those 2,000 years just as he traveled the distance between holiness and heartbreak, between sin and, and perfection. Just as God sent his son to be with us and among us, that same light shines in the darkness of your life today. For followers of Jesus, that's what we remember when we take the bread and the cup of communion. The writer, Benjamin Blood, who was a 19th century philosopher, he said this, there is a crack in everything God has made. He's talking about how sin has broken us. But through that crevice enters the light of heaven. Maybe you feel broken. Maybe you feel cracked open because of the hurt and the pain, the loss and the grief, the confusion, the the tragedy. And if you do, You're in the right place because it is through that which is broken in you that the light of the world can shine in and bring light into your darkness. So I want to invite you, if you are a follower of Jesus, I know we've got a bunch of kiddos in the room. If this is confusing to you, it's okay. You just hang out and watch um, and ask your parents questions about it later. But maybe you are a follower of Jesus, any age. If you said yes to Jesus, I would invite you to take the bread and the cup that you received on your way in. First, um, I want to invite you, we'll do this together. You can take the little plastic film off the top, take out the wafer, 
represents the blood, the, the body, the bread. And again, 1 Corinthians, Jesus said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So with utmost gratitude in our hearts, as we consider the chasm that the light of the world bridged on our behalf, with gratitude in our hearts, remembering his body broken for us, let's take the bread together. We'll open up the next little layer here. Do it carefully so you don't spill juice all over yourself. And in the same way, after supper, he, Jesus, took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So again, with gratitude in our hearts for the blood of Christ, which represents life shed for us, that we might have life. Let's take the cup together. Jesus, light of the world, we thank you for bridging the divide for journeying across that immense chasm between holiness and sin, between flourishing and pain, between perfection and brokenness. We thank you for coming to shine your light of life into our darkness. We thank you for giving your body and your blood so that we might have life and life to the full now and forever with you. We thank you, we're grateful, and we praise you for all you've done, all you continue to do, for who you are. We pray these things, Jesus, in your name, amen. Let's all stand and sing and respond together.